0: Okay. Hello, America. Hello, Missouri. This is Justin at Seeking Context, where, uh, we tell good stories, firsthand stories about life in modern America. And I'm talking today with Jessica Carricker. Jessica is the, uh, founder of the Wolfstone Ranch Animal Rescue in Farmington, Missouri. And we're in her home in Farmington. Just got a cool tour of the Wolfstone Ranch. I'm here with my cousin Lynn on a road trip to, uh, Rochester, New York, where Lynn is moving. And so it was a great time to get in touch with Jessica, see a place that I've read about online. Uh, We met a number of months ago and learn more about your life and more about Wolfstone Ranch. So great to meet you I'm tickled to
1: have you both here to show you the ranch and have the opportunity to talk about animal rescue.
0: Well, I'm glad that you could take the opportunity. So we just, we just toured the the facility. There's many animals. You've got a lot of, lot of stuff going on here. Um, I'm curious first, can you just describe what Wolfstone Ranch is?
1: Okay. Well, on one level, Wolfstone Ranch is an animal rescue. I I rescue dogs and cats. Actually I've rescued a couple of chickens too. Um, but, uh, on another level, from the very beginning, I've wanted to do something uh, non-traditional, not just your typical shelter. For one thing, I've wanted to rescue uh, the unadoptables mm-hmm. um, that lots of places uh, either can't deal with or just put down. And on another level, um, I've wanted to tackle something more foundational and that's to try and change attitudes so that um, I found that a a lot of people in the rural areas like we're in um, don't think animals have feel physical pain even or that they have emotions and I, I would love if there was a way to help change people's attitudes so that um, they would treat animals with more kindness and compassion. Even animals that are being raised to be eaten can be raised and slaughtered more humanely. And so um, this has been an underlying idea of mine from the beginning of how can, how to approach that. Mm-hmm.
0: So. And, and you said like, the, so in this area, you don't think that that's a value that is widespread um, do you think that's something that became important to you because you grew up here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's something that became important to you as you lived elsewhere um, or was it like your family uh, believed uh, in, th- in this approach and it's just a different attitude in the sort of rural America?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, it, it's kind of, you know, you grow up someplace and you take some of that for granted And you don't really get a perspective till you leave, and yet at the same time, I always did have a a a heart for animals, and I recognize that they have that they feel pain and emotions too, and so I was always uh, touched by that. And as as a kid, uh, my one of my dreams was when I grow up, I want to be a rock star, so I have money to start an animal (laughs) rescue.
0: A means to an
1: end. Exactly. Well, I love being a musician, too, but right. <laughs> but I definitely like the idea of bringing the two together in that way. Yes, I mean, I, and it's not just uh, endemic to this area. Rural areas around the world, certainly across the United States and around the world, uh, tend not to think of animals well, you know, think of animals as animals instead of, uh, you know, what do what, what, what's the one of the phrases people say? They treated me like an animal. You know, that one always just tugs at my heart. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. a, you're as sick as a dog, you know? Yeah, that's because people don't take them to the vet. Right. So those things always, always bother me.
0: Right. Well, so tell me about a typical day. Uh, this morning you said you got up at 6. Yeah. And you were working till 11. So what are yep. you doing between 6 and 11?
1: Well, that's morning chores okay. and um, one of the problems which we may be talking about later here is uh, getting help at, at uh, rescues, especially when you're out in the sticks. It's a lot harder than in the cities to find people who uh, have the means to volunteer. Um, but that has meant that I've had to take care of the animals virtually by myself. Um, for the past 11 years. So first thing up is morning chores. And then in the afternoon, you've got afternoon chores. So it's, it's get up. You've got a bunch of cats that are screaming that they're starving to death. I've got dogs in their crates in the basement who say, we've been locked up for hours. We need a bathroom break. They want to go outside. So it's, it's just juggling all of that, trying to feed some animals while I run downstairs, let dogs out. Let them back in. Juggle, juggle the whole routine: cleaning litter pans, fresh water, just the basics.
0: So five hours in the morning and it's another five hours in the it's evening. It's actually I mean, a little gosh. bit.
1: It's a little bit less in the evening um, because they don't do the in the morning. The cats get canned food as well as dry food, and so that means mixing up all the different dishes for the for the each of the cats because some of them are on prescription food and some of them won't eat this and some will only eat that. And, um so it takes a little bit longer mm-hmm. but yes I spend I sp- I have spent uh, uh, 10 12 hours a day just taking care of the animals wow every day 365 days <laughs> for 11 years
0: and it sounds like you have had some help through the last bit. 10 years here and a there a little bit but nobody no partner or a no. uh, full-time staff
1: nope nope uh, and that that I I felt called to get into uh, animal rescue when I did 11 years ago. And so I didn't have any background in it other than having rescued strays myself and kept them as pets, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, but uh, I, when I moved back here in 2006 and saw how horrible it was, at least as bad as it used to be, and as I say, maybe as a kid, I just took it for granted how Mm -hmm. poorly animals were treated um, and no longer felt that way. And it was in my face, but when I finally felt called to it, I didn't know what I was doing. So there's been many challenges um, along the way, Um, but I didn't know that the greatest was going to be finding help, getting people to join me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, so how does Wolfstone fit into the other animal uh, welfare organizations in this area there's a farm there's a couple of places in farmington there's animal control and i know you were on the board you Mm -hmm. said at uh, the the rescue center
1: there's a what's called farmington pet adoption center here um at one point it was called humane society Um, i'm not sure if they were actually connected um and when i first felt called to get involved in rescue um in 2009 I thought, well, that's the place to go. That's our local shelter. Let's go be a part of that. And I spent almost a year on the board. And frankly, it was the most traumatic year of my life. Um, It was supposed to be a no-kill shelter. And there were some people who wanted to start putting animals down. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were the the others of us who said, no way, we're no-kill shelter. And um, a ton of dysfunction um at one point I spoke with a with a woman this is years later, and I shared with her all the dysfunctional problems we'd had down there, and then problems I'd run into trying to uh, get people to join me and be a part of Wolfstone Ranch and she listened She was a student who was working uh, to get her master's from uh, in uh, nonprofit management mm-hmm. And she listened for about an hour and a half as I said to this story and then this story, and then this happened and this happened. And then she said, yeah, we studied all of that. Those are all classic problems that organizations have. Um, and so uh, it, it was nothing unique to mm-hmm. farm and pet adoption center. And I'm not saying this against them or against the organization. I haven't been involved in years. Um, and it's for that matter, it's not, nonprofits it's business it's people it's people <laughs> yeah. it's families it's people people uh so yeah
0: well and so you um your animals will sometimes come from there or do they sometimes go back to there like what's the flow of the animals from where the environment that they uh need to be rescued from and then to here and wherever they end up in their forever right. home how does that work
1: well i when i left being on the board there, I took some animals that were on the hit list.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And some other people, we, we, we got the animals out that the people who wanted to put animals down, um, we got them all out. So I, I could leave there and feel like no one was going to be put down um, at the time. Um, And um, so I, I have Denver and Durango are from there. And, uh, and then Animals are stray. If you live out in the country, people don't. And then um, in the beginning, because people at Farmington Pet Adoption Center, the volunteers as well as the employees knew that I was going to be starting this. So when they couldn't take animals in, they were sending people to me. Um, And then as neighbors saw that a fences are going up, kennels are going up. Oh, we've got our local person we can dump all the strays on. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of had to turn all of that off. I told Farmington Pet Adoption Center not to say anymore. There's only so much one person can do, especially while I was still trying to develop the infrastructure around here. Um, And the neighbors, as they would bring animals, I said, okay, either need to pay a surrender fee or you need to volunteer some time here. Mm-hmm. And that apparently was unreasonable request. And I pissed off all the neighbors. <laughs> um, I took the animals they brought. Um, and then because they were angry at me for not uh, just letting them dump them here, they haven't brought more. So it took a while to turn the spigots off. And then it was just stray animals. And then, um, uh, started developing relationships with the shelters. I've not been able to find good homes for animals in the area. So I started working on developing relationships in the city um, where one thing they have municipal codes. Um, and so people know when they go to a shelter to adopt that they're going to have to keep their um, dogs in a safely fenced yard or their cats indoors. And, and those shelters that, that, that I work with anyway discourage um, decline the cats and so they're able to find homes that I've not been able to find um, and that network has slowly been growing over the years and then I've also developed a relationship with the animal control so there are times when I'm the um, I'm able to work with some other groups in the area that specifically work with pulling animals out of animal control to save their lives so it's a potpourri of
0: Right, right well so do some of the animals like will they end up just living their whole life here or do do almost all of them eventually get you know out to an adoption you know organization
1: when i started at first i had a a bunch of dogs in the front yard a bunch of dogs in the backyard they were getting along pretty good for a while and so as i was rescuing more it's oh get these now that i've developed a relationship say with uh Five Acres Animal Shelter, which is a premier no-kill in St. St. Charles, Missouri, northwest St. Louis. Um, I'd get them up there <clears throat> and then had a big fight one day, um, and my canine coordinator up there had said, we can't take any dogs that have been in fights or, or, or anything. So mm-hmm. then that meant that those animals that were here, and that had been involved in that,
0: Couldn't were be. stuck. Right.
1: So now they have become... Sanctuary animals. Um, over the years, more groups have been becoming no kill, more groups have been working with animals, more um, beha- animal behavioralists, and uh, there's been a growing understanding that, well, a lot of animals, when they've been dumped or when they're being surrendered, they've been through traumatic experiences. And so you're going to have anxious animals who are going to have issues. So uh, as long as you are honest with them and you say we've been trying to work with them this is what we've seen this dog is great with people but not with other dogs that need to be only adopted out to home without other dogs um it's pretty much no longer an issue but at the time i got in right. that's how i've ended up now with dogs that i have to call my sanctuary dogs and furthermore by the time this all these changes happened they've gotten old, they're nine to 13 years old and they wouldn't they wouldn't be good candidates to go to a shelter and wait to find a home anyway. Right. Right. Cats, um, uh, uh, Missouri is one of the states where there's so many cats, it's next to impossible to get them in anywhere. Kittens, during kitten season, people want kittens. You can sometimes get in a few into the shelters. Um, but this is the other great thing that's happened in the last few years uh, there are several states in the northeast and in the northwest that need animals because they have better animal welfare laws mm-hmm. and, and and environment um, and enforcement of them so there's a lot of transport now going to other states so there's a lot more animals in the in the states that have huge overpopulations and don't have good animal welfare laws we're sending them to these, to these others so there are opening up places for for um cats and kittens but um even there if you've rescued feral cats um they don't do well transferring to shelters so that's how i've got only six dogs but uh 19 cats that are sanctuary animals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right right well so um on your website, and I know you personally. Um, it, you have this is a, a spiritually based. Your mission is spiritually based, and so uh, I'm curious. Like, what is uh, your own personal spirituality? Like, how would you define that, and how does that has that affected your approach to uh, you know founding this organization and caring for animals?
1: Very much so, um, <coughs> Wolfstone. First of all, since I founded Wolfstone Ranch, and I felt it. it first of all, it came to me that I needed to do this as a a revelation one day. Um, And um, it felt very much like a calling. It felt like the sacred was saying, I am asking you to do this. And I've never had that experience before in my life per se, but um, I was raised uh, as a Christian and, um, uh, when I left home, I left high school, I kind of left all of that be home and behind and it wasn't until I hit 40 and had been through some bad relationships and a divorce and and um, some other ways that life had kind of crashed for me that I said, what is not working for me in my life? And I said, oh, I threw out a uh, baby with the bath water. Um, mm-hmm. I threw out living Totally living a life of integrity, um, with no compromises, um, with no rationalizations here or there, and said, "Oh, that's what it's all about." Um, So I came back, uh, but also I lived in California by then. I um, my even as I came, I, I, I can relate to the evangelicals in feeling a born again kind of a feeling because that's what it was. It was like, oh, you've got to have that underpinning. And if you're not religious or even consider yourself spiritual, um, you can have it, as far as I'm concerned, you can be secular. But if you have that real commitment to living a life of integrity, to honesty and authenticity and, and kindness. And, and um, it can be done, it doesn't have to be spiritual, but on the other hand, spirituality opens you up to so much even more, what's mm-hmm. beyond the five senses. Um, and uh, I think there's, I, I, I believe that there's something much greater than us um and you don't have to call it god or the universe or this or that it's just i think we access well i think for one thing that the divine is in all of creation in each of us and and when we open our minds and our hearts to the possibility of the sacred then we access all of that 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 is nameless and 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 you don't want to put a definition on it because you're restricting it so so to me i i call myself spiritually based because i'm comfortable with the language i'm comfortable with that but also we live in a growingly secular society and i i don't want those people to p- feel pushed away mm-hmm. and i want them to feel that if they can put up with my God talk, so to speak, then we'll be able to get along because if you, if you want to live a life of meaning and purpose and, and that you're here for, for more than just uh, having a good time and, and, and being a person who wins as opposed to being in you know, a dog eat dog world. I want to make sure I'm on top. Then, then we're we're coming from the same place.
0: And i read one of your newsletters where you talked about like, I felt like you were sort of like, you're like, okay, I'm coming out. This is a spiritual organization, but you had friends that were like, I wouldn't do that. Let's just keep this secular and you have your beliefs and you don't have to have this overtly spiritual, um, sort of flavor Mm -hmm. in your mind or however you present the organization. So, um, do you think you made the right call? Oh my God.
1: I absolutely love it. I don't know how I never came up with that myself. Coming out—that is what it—it it, it exactly felt like. And coming out is always the right thing,
0: right? Once but you, you can be do, honest.
1: once you, yeah, you feel freed from that. And it's like if people aren't going to relate to this, okay, maybe they never will. But but in my authenticity, I'm going to find my people. I'm going to find my kindred spirits. I'm going to find the people that we can build this community. Yeah, I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But like your, this is something, I guess your spiritual feelings is is something that you did really discover about yourself late in life, even though there was a foundation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I, I graduated high school and I went off to college and I wanted to be like the Beatles. They were the ones that I was first. Fell in love with as a teen girl, um, and you know. And then I moved to Los Angeles to be a rock star. Like I said, I wanted to. Then, if when I when I made it, I was going to start um, an animal rescue. But uh, I i certainly quit thinking about the the ways I'd been raised, and you know. Then you get in. To relationships, just as an example, you get into relationships where you're not honoring yourself. Getting involved with uh, alcoholics or somebody who are on, is on drugs, and then you're allowing yourself to be verbally abused. Fortunately, I was never physically abused. And and these are the some of the things when I did crash and burn around forty. It was like, what's not working in your life? Oh, when you threw out all the Bible as an example of. A holy book. There are many for many religions. The the wisdom in them is people who took the time to delve into the mind and heart of human beings. That's the way we're made. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible is talking about that. And if you throw out the rules, you're you're going to hurt yourself and others too. And that's kind of where it all came from. Oh. Oh, because I always had the heart to be uh, an activist. I always had compassion for for animals and uh, a lot of other people. Um, Not necessarily for people that don't have compassion for animals. That's a harder (laughs) one for me. But, um, yeah, that was, it was very much, I'm going to live a life that it is uncompromising in my commitment to what I believe the sacred is calling all of us to. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so well, tell me about your musician, mm-hmm. uh, and you really were a rock star, right in Florida or you were, you were in bands. So I'm curious about, was that like right after you left Farmington after high school or, and, and what, tell me about your life mm-hmm. as a musician and how well, you got into that life.
1: I played in I played in bands down in Florida because I, I ended up there shortly. I went to college here for a couple of years. Then I ended up down there to visit my mom over the summer and then ended up staying and got involved in bands. But then I wanted to take it more seriously. And I said, you got to move to New York or L.A. And, and I just felt like L.A. felt more like the right fit for me. Um, I think more of the bands that I liked came from... From, from that world so I moved out there but i I'd, I'd uh, been studying music in, in college and I dropped out to play in bands and all but so I knew how to read music and so I ended up getting involved with a contemporary classical composer so his music was written but it drew from his a uh, internationally um, he, he'd won awards for his work and he drew from from uh, classical music like Stravinsky and, mm-hmm. and wonderful uh, and Debussy, but also from the jazz and rock world. So it was a beautiful blend, an incredible, incredible composer. Um, um, and that's, and as he put it at one point, when I was working with him for a number of years, I, I was playing in the big leagues but it's, con- it's contemporary classical or the avant-garde. And um, so you're not really a rock star. <laughs> I put, I raised, uh, I worked as a legal word processor for years and I put more money into it than I ever got out of it, <laughs> but it was wonderful. We toured the U S and the Europe and Japan and, and it was an, an amazing adventure. Um, I had, music written specifically for me, for my voice. Um, uh, I commissioned that composer um, at one point to do a a piece where uh, I wanted to feature the wolf. Um, They're my favorite animal. And he said, well, I can't really explore the wolf in a number of pieces, why don't you? open it up from there he said as a matter of fact he'd written he'd written a a, a mass that for the instrumentation is just wine glasses that you strike and, and rub uh-huh. and you different pitches and and he said so why don't you do it and instantly I said oh, fabulous idea so he wrote so it is the mass and we left the the mass part of it in Latin and then I wrote Poetry, if you will, to interweave with it. So I uh, it was the wolf curier because the wolf have mercy of all the animals who've been abused by bad mm-hmm. reputation and everything. And the and the uh, bear Gloria, I took the animals from Native Americans who who respect all animals as far as being able to learn from them. But of, of course the megafauna is the like the the charismatic one so the the bear glory if grizzly bear and the eagle credo because of the eagle with eagle vision also then the vision of of spirituality and um, the cougar sanctus because thinking of a cougar in the, when they're about to pounce they're in a kind of a prayerful position and the man on use day um, the Lamb of God, Um, and it's, it's, it's the whole work. It's over an hour long. Um, and it's all about trying to save the environment and trying to save the animals. Um, but, uh, so, and I was also involved with him and without going into this dysfunctional there, because he's still alive, (laughs) I can't talk about our past, but, um, It was very dysfunctional, Um, and that was one of the big, big reasons that I realized I was making personal uh, compromises. Um, Human creativity is definitely something that's sacred, Mm -hmm. but it is not the creativity that you make compromises that are going to hurt you and others. So it's time to get out. And then I started writing prayer songs of healing for my healing. And once you start getting feeling healed yourself, then I wanted to go back to writing about healing the world, especially the environment, but uh, reaching out in 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 all ways to help. It, you know you quit cigarettes you want everybody to quit cigarettes you, you find <laughs> right. you find the sacred and, you, and and you want everybody to find it because if we all cared about each other um, and making the world better for each other we wouldn't have all the problems we wouldn't you know we wouldn't have the horrific income inequality we have we wouldn't have all the demonization we etc
0: right. Well, you're connecting with somebody because this is one of my first user comments. I have to share this. Aiden 11 says, will you ask Jessica if she'll marry you? Marry you. I'm 22 years old. (laughs) Oh my God.
1: (laughs) No, may I speak Aiden? I would dearly love to have you come to Farmington and help me put this, this community together, this spiritually based activist community where we are going to reach out to bring healing, not just for animals, but to people, because I one of the insights I've gained over the years of doing this is 99% of the suffering that animals face is human caused, and we can't, we're never going to get ahead of the game of, of rescuing all the animals until we also address it's it's a holistic it's like everything else everything needs to be holistic and you've got to build the right foundations so we need to be helping each other and that's what building healthy community and maintaining healthy community so that you can successfully reach your other visions and missions in life to make the world better
0: well, so okay, and we've got a this tentative yes, possibly. We just fantastic. <laughs> we need to work on uh we've got some things to do around here. Absolutely. <laughs> um well so tell me about the music though. So you do vocals, but you're when you're composing, are you um
1: Okay, what, okay. are you no no, no. Are, I haven't had chance to even play my guitar since I started Animal Rescue. It's okay. horrific. I've tried a few times. Okay, I, I can find an hour here or there. And it just it hasn't happened because when you spend 12 hours a day just taking care of the animals because you don't have anybody else to be an animal caregiver. So I i haven't been a musician in 11 years.
0: It's still in there.
1: It's still there. And I definitely would love to build the organization to the point where I didn't have to spend 12 14 16 hours a day taking care of the animals and trying to take care of the rest of it there's the paperwork for the state there's you know mm-hmm. all kinds of other things that need to be done besides just taking care of the animals
0: right well um and you've been part of drum circles um or you're wanting to do a drum circle i know um but i'm, I'm curious about that uh that passion that you've got in that i uh, music musical you area. know
1: when i grew up in high school i when I was going into ninth grade, my girlfriend was a year ahead of me. And she said, oh, don't do drums because there's no melody. Um, and so I played alto saxophone. And that was a great. But boy, ever since uh, I've been an adult, I've wished I'd played drums. <laughs> I wanted to play drums. I wish I'd done that. Um, I played keyboards. I played saxophone. My main instrument is voice. Um and i've been to a, a handful of drum circles but uh, no i haven't gotten to do what i really want i need people to do that you you can't you can't do a drum circle by yourself <laughs> you just can't two people maybe three maybe the the you know but by yourself and i've started a small collection of drums but i i need more drums and more than that i need people who want to approach a drum circle in this spiritually-based activist way um, because I think it's going to be absolutely miraculous and magical and will help us build the kind of healthy community where the mission of Wolfstone Ranch to bring healing um, to people and animals is going to be is going to be able to come out of that. I think the drum circle itself is going to be the best outreach in the world because, first of all, it's bringing healing and bonding. Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead said, when we drum together, we create sacred space. And to me, there's nothing more powerful when a bunch of people come together. And the meeting of the minds, like namaste. I bow to the divine in you. And we each are doing that with each other. It's also about the melding of the minds. When we sh- have that shared vision of we're all divine creatures, that melding, there's magic in that.
0: Mm-hmm. I see a different drum on your uh, bookcase over here um, Since we're talking about drums Uh scott peck i think has probably been a big influence on you we have heard you talk about him so i guess tell me about his the influence of his um writings on your philosophy of life
1: i do love the way that it's called the different drum and it's about building community um i don't think he intended it that way per se but no if i first was blown away by scott peck with his first uh Bestseller, uh, uh, a road less traveled, mm-hmm. because it's about leading a life of integrity. Um, and he was a Buddhist when he wrote that book, but years later, when he wrote a different drum, um, he'd become a Christian. So that underpinning, that integrity, um, uh, that being responsible for ourselves and accountable for ourselves, to so that we can lead a life of purpose and make a difference. It's that's. Been there all along, um, but the different drum is specifically about building healthy communities, and we use that word constantly, um, and yet in such shallow ways, building true community, um, it doesn't happen accidentally. Well, no, that's not right. It doesn't. It doesn't happen all the time. And it takes people really caring to create that. Um, and he's as a psychiatrist, he studied the, He studied it for decades of his career. And um, religion is supposed to give us the aspirations to be the, our best self. To to be in Christianity, we would call it following the golden rule of looking out for each other. Um, in um uh for the hindus it would be uh namaste um i bow to the divine in you um in all the world i i I love my poster buddha was not a buddhist jesus was not a christian mohammed was not a muslim they were teachers who taught love Mm -hmm. love was their religion and um that's what it takes to build healthy community. Um, and just to talk about it in a religion is to say, okay, here's this God, Buddha, Jesus, Mohammed, and we are supposed to follow them, but we've made them a celebrity. Um, and so now we, we can kind of cut ourselves some slack. We don't really have to live up to that, but, um, and, and And besides that, they don't talk about more than the vision in churches, but Scott Peck says, "Wait, there are some guidelines and principles, and he's careful to say guidelines and principles, not rules and regulations. That's where religions go wrong. in my opinion, mm-hmm. that's what separates religions from spirituality. You've lost the spirit now." Um, and it's got to be more open than rules and regulations that man can create. And then that creates all the exclusivity, all the exclusion, all the us versus them. Um, and so he's developed with others, with the use of science, um, these guidelines and principles so that you can build and then maintain healthy community. And now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I was just asking about Scott Peck's influence on oh, your well. on your vision for your own, I think, uh, philosophy of life, I guess, and then um, the way you approach Wolfstone Ranch and your mission.
1: When I found out about that, I found I read that book different during two thousand nine, and I wanted to do a, a, a community building experience, but I didn't have the money to go to one someplace else. And then I had got involved in animal rescue in 2010. And, and I've been in touch with Mona mm-hmm. for, for all those years. And, and oh, we will need to raise about $2,000 to bring a couple of the facilitators, the foundation for community encouragement facilitators out to run your three day week, two or three day weekend community building experience. Um, and it's like, okay. Oh, okay, I'm spending 12 hours a day taking care of animals. I don't have the time to put this together until I find somebody else to get involved. And uh, so when the pandemic meant that uh, they had to go to Zoom and they offered it, um, and I just got this email out of the blue two, three weeks early and for $25, you can be a part of the community building experience. And Mona was gonna be one of the facilitators. I jumped on the chance um, uh, because uh, when I read a different drum, to me, it was like, it was uh, again, kind of like being born again. It's, oh my God, the possibilities. Mm-hmm. I saw instantly. I've tried to talk to people about it. I've tried to push the book on others. Uh, people don't seem to get it. But for me, I read the book. It was instant. This, this is uh, what's, oh, I have to paraphrase it. I don't have it memorized. He said, in and through community lies the salvation of the world.
0: Yeah, he opens with that. He opens with yeah. that.
1: That that's And that's it but how to build healthy community, how to maintain it. It takes more than just a shared vision. It takes more than just, oh, we all want to save animals, or we all want uh, an end to police brutality, or like Occupy Wall Street. We all want to end the the, uh, horrible incoming inequality. Well now you still have all these different ideas for how to do it and different ideas for how not to do it and you have Antifa who want to come in and, and they're open to to uh, uh, some violence and oh and others who say no like Mother Teresa said never ask me to a protest only ask me to um, a peace rally it all has to be done you know so now you've got people who all want the same goal but they still have all these different ways. Well, we got to have, how do we deal with that? we got to build healthy communities so we can rise above those differences and not end up wanting to kill each other. <laughs> but let's now let's work together to make that happen. It, in and through community lies the salvation of the world.
0: So was the group uh, that you joined, the group where we met? Where we met. Okay, so that was the first time you'd done a group. Yes. Yeah, well, how did you like it? Did you oh my find God. it... Uh, Meaningful to your life? Oh,
1: hugely! It was, um, it was so enlightening. It was like uh, you know you can imagine you the the consummation of something you've been waiting a decade for, right? So, um, it, it. I learned so much from that, and I had an amazing experience. And. Uh, it was it was it was hard to deal with a, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt that people were expressing. And I understood. But I also saw, thought some of it was being done in ways that weren't following Scott Peck's guidelines and principles. But I was new. So be careful. I, I don't want to walk on people's toes I wanted to treat the first one as a learning experience but I also couldn't share my extreme enthusiasm about how I uh, how I see his community building experiences as an answer to so many problems in the world and even for Wolfstone Ranch Um, but at the beginning of I guess it was our second day the one guy started it. I felt we were stuck on the first day Man, we're just kind of at this place, no breakthroughs yet. Second day, can't remember his name, but he said, no, wait a minute. I'm not sure that this is. And he started talking about community building itself, not people just sharing where they were coming from with their issues in the world. And I thought, okay, I'm feeling the breakthrough here. This is exciting stuff. I like it. Um, and and, um, then that got people talking about that, and then, and then it got and it got. Uh, I thought it was. I thought there were people who were not following the rabbi's gift, who were not treating each other as as sacred beings and not being kind and compassionate in the way they were treating each other. Um, but still, it was so exciting to see. Here is a well, not room full, zoom full. Of people <laughs> who are here because they care about building community. These are my people. Yeah, these you, these are my kindred spirits. And okay, some of them are making mistakes, in my humble opinion. But we're here. We're we're grappling with it. We're spending hours, as painful as it is. Um, and I just just I suddenly had this feeling that like a like. God had me sitting up on a cloud to look down on all of us, including me, and go, "Look at these are my children who who are trying." I just felt this incredible love for everybody, Um, and it was a humongous breakthrough for me. Even though I was, I had been feeling irritated with some of them. Hey, I think you're off base, Um, but it was just, it was. It was a beautiful experience, although uh, I also felt really bad for uh, a couple, three people that I felt were being uh, attacked. Mm -hmm. And I made sure I reached out to them individually afterward. That's my personal responsibility and accountability to let them know I wanted to give them my personal support. Um, Because I I also felt kind of uh, cut off a few times when I was being told You're talking too much, and uh, uh, you need to leave room for others. And so, okay, that's fine. Um, But I want these people to know that uh, because they did not leave feeling that we had created community. And so in my opinion, even though I felt this incredible love for everybody, um, I knew that not everybody did. So it, it wasn't a really totally successful community building experience for me.
0: Right. Is that the only one you've done? Yes. Is the one Zoom? Yeah, that's the same with me. I, it was interesting for me that the some of the facilitators that have done so many of these in person and had done it since the eighties, they were like, mm, it was okay. I was like, that's pretty, I thought it was really interesting. And um, it was also during the middle of COVID, so.
1: I know, I know. I know. Of- yeah, yeah, I, boy, I don't want this to sound her- heretical. <laughs> I definitely would like to bring facilitators in when I'm finally able to get people to do and get our Woolstone Ranch community started. And, and, uh, and we will, I want to do many
0: mm-hmm.
1: community building experiences, but I also, I learned from that experience that if everyone's serious about building community and most, if not all of the people Read the different drum, and I can't remember the other book that read specifically about the community building experiences. And I wish I had had time in the last few months to attend some of those others they've done, where they were talking about uh, was it waiting for the spirit to yeah what, what, it's, what yeah that?
0: it's like uh, I can't remember move to speak move, move to,
1: speak. to speak yes
0: like when when are you moved to speak and right. when when does a thought in your mind rise to the level of being worthy of speaking in a group and I didn't, I didn't attend that one either, but I'm curious. I wanted to,
1: I wanted to, and I, I I agree to a degree (laughs) (laughs) with that because, uh, um, well, there's just this, that's why, well, one of the things I learned from it was, oh, you don't do one. You got to do a lot of community building experiences because one, you're just getting your foot wet; you haven't even learned to swim yet. And and it, it, my next one, I'm much more clear on when I will speak and not speak. And 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 you know, people want to try and shut me down for that if I feel like I need to speak up. Um, for instance, if I think somebody's being attacked and I don't think they're following the guidelines of of treating each other with sacred respect, then I'm going to speak up you tell me I'm wrong for that because uh, I, I can be very since I had my spiritual reawakening 25 six years ago I can I' I've gotten pretty good at feeling when I know I'm speaking from a place that's sacred and I'm not afraid to say that.
0: Right. Well, I mean, the goal of these groups is exactly. that you can say that honestly to somebody and not hurt their feelings exactly. when you tell them they might have hurt someone else's. Exactly. <laughs> that it's okay to be truthful with people. Uh, it, it, and I can feel that,
1: it, that that happened in right. ours.
0: Yeah, I think it may have for some and maybe not for others. Like, well, exactly.
1: Right. And there's a good point. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point.
0: Well, so... Um, back on wolfstone so what is your what's your your vision like what what would you hope what's your stretch goal for uh wolfstone the future of wolfstone ranch
1: (sighs) my mount everest is creating a community of kindred spirits here i say mount everest because it's one thing to start an animal rescue um it's another to get people involved um at some point with the community, I hope that we're bringing in enough donations that people can can work for the organization, at least some. You have to have a few people working for it and not just a volunteers. But this is one of my big issues right now. How do I bring people like Aiden in? I say move to Farmington. <laughs> no, I I don't in have a...
0: country. You can get anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have... I can't pay somebody. Can we find jobs in the community until we build the organization enough? Can the drum circle the way I want it to be done where there's where it's truly a sacred community, no stars, no drumming stars where we are we are drumming for our healing and for the healing of the world. I see such potential for that to take off and reach other people in the same way that Grateful Dead reached maybe a different kind of crowd, but still created community. <laughs> yeah. I see the potential and that could then be incredible outreach for bringing people here to be a part of the community and uh, um, uh, bringing in donors who say, hey, yeah, you are truly building healthy community and you're like in the rabbi's gift uh, the story where uh, that's also the preface to a different drum where he uh, uh, talks about a uh, monastery and um, they get the message from the rabbi in the next town one of you is the messiah so they started treating each other oh could you be the Messiah? Could you be the Messiah? Could I? They started treating each other that way. And people from the town started coming out to have picnics at the monastery because they felt that sense of, of spirit there, that sense of kindness and compassion that's very rare in this world. And eventually more young people wanted to get involved. And um, that, that kind of spirit... I think could build Wolfstone Ranch so that we can be helping animals and people. Our drum circle can s- become uh, the kind of thing that other people can emulate and do the same kind of thing around the world, around the states, around the world. And we can and we can build bridges instead of walls.
0: If someone wants to contribute today, they go to Wolfstone. Ranch.com the best there. way
1: is to go to wolf St- wolfstone ranch.com I mean dot org mm-hmm. uh, wolfstone org, and at the very top of the uh, home page there's a donate me button and uh, go straight into our paypal account and, and it can go toward taking care of all of the animals and their vet bills and uh, you'll Who is get, this? So this is Skyler
0: She would love some donations.
1: (laughs) She would love some donations. She wants more treats, don't she? Oh yeah, that's your favorite word. Or I could buy us some drums Mm -hmm. to start the drum circle. One of the big things I'm waiting on there is to get to the point where this pandemic is under control enough that we could start meeting um, and put a drum circle like that together. The problem is Missouri's one of the least vaccinated States in the country. So I not sure if wait. you want to have
0: a lot of gatherings not, just yet,
1: not yet.
0: Right. Right. Um, any, like you've had 10 years of running, a pretty, uh, complicated organization, any good stories from that time period, I don't know with the animals or with the people that have helped out, um, that, that like something meaningful or funny,
1: um, there are many times that things have happened. People have come into our life, Wolfstone Ranch's life, and it's been nothing short of a miracle. Uh, it's nothing short of a parting of the Red Sea when I didn't know what was gonna happen and people have shown up and we're still here. Um, but one of, one of my favorite stories, I think, is a, a beagle mix that I rescued few days after july 4th that year and um i had way too many animals here uh, for one person i had 37 animals here 14 dogs and the rest were cats and, oh, gotcha. and i was I, I was doing nothing but take care of animals from like four thirty in the morning to like 10 o'clock at night a day after day and it was one of the first times i almost crashed and um i had People come into my life then that helped get some of these animals. Went to Best Friends Animal Society. I'd been working on. I'd been in touch with them because of uh, uh, they're a good source for people who are getting into rescue and they have for for learning purposes how to how to do this. And um, so, Banjo, as I had named that beagle mix, ended up going out to Best Friends Animal Society. They took four of my dogs and ten of my cats, which was an enormous uh, bunch for them to take from one shelter. Um, And he ended up getting adopted by a family in the Seattle area. And when they transfer animals, you don't know, you aren't given always the information where they came from Mm -hmm. because there can be complications. We'll leave it at that. But she and she had paperwork from when he was here, but they'd redacted everything that said Woolstone with, you know, magic marker. And she held it up at the light and red Woolstone Ranch in that, because she wanted to know more about the dog that they just adopted. And she got in touch and, and um, we became very good friends. Um, the family came out here a few times. Um, they became donors. Her husband uh, does... Uh, is an it consultant um and so when my computer got fried by lightning they bought me a new computer the um they've since moved to norway um and and he died last year he got he was old he had cancer and he died um but he had a wonderful, wonderful life with them. I got the what I wish I'd had for every one of my animals. I got pictures and videos sent to me on a regular basis, oh, and cool. stories about their lives and uh, his life with his other the other dogs and the whole family. And and uh, um, now Eileen wants me to come out and visit her over there. So truly an example of the kind of community I want to build with Wolf Stone Ridge.
0: Oh. That's a great story. I'm excited for your future.
1: Thank you. So am <laughs>
0: I. Maybe with Aiden. <laughs> we'll see, Aiden.
1: Maybe this could be one of those miracles.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much for talking with me oh. today and for sharing the story. It's amazing what you've built here. I'm uh, really impressed and really glad that uh, Scott Peck brought us together.
1: He certainly did. <laughs> and I am just so grateful. And it's a pleasure meeting you, Lynn. And it's just This, uh, I was so glad that we stayed in touch and that this happened.
0: Me too. All right. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, America. We'll see you next week.